Hello, and welcome to Pre-Med Diaries, the place where you can come to safely and anonymously share your highs and lows on the journey to becoming a physician. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome, and thanks for listening. I am your host, Dr. Allison Gray. We created Pre-Med Diaries and the other Med Diaries podcasts so that physicians and physicians in training could have a place to speak our minds, vent, unload, and hear one another in support and solidarity. The pre-med journey is not easy, and there are many stressors, roadblocks, and frustrations, but also incredible joys, like that first time you get to shadow a physician, that first interview offer, or that first acceptance to medical school. Here at Pre-Med Diaries, we want to help you on this journey to avoid and deal with burnout, an ever-growing threat and serious problem for our physician community. And as a pre-med, it's never too early to start. In each episode, we will hear from a pre-med student, and I'll share some thoughts of my own as well. We may also hear from others of you who have called in and left a response for the caller on a previous episode. Today, we will hear from a pre-med student who is working in the emergency department and feeling frustrated by her interactions with a coworker. Hey, everyone. Um, not really sure what exactly... I, I just, okay, so I know I'm in a funk, <laughs> and it's been like this for a few days. I work in the emergency department as an ED tech, and recently I've had a few of my coworkers come to me saying just how there's been complaints from one nurse in particular about me sharing my successes, and it's not like I'm bragging, it's always the nurse would ask, like, you know, oh, how's school going? And I would answer the question. So when my coworkers came to me and told me how this one nurse in particular has been saying some really nasty things behind my back about my road to med school and just how I'm not going to make it and she's tired of hearing about it. It, it. it kind of sucks because I'm sitting here and I'm like, but I don't go out of my way to tell you these things like you genuinely, or I thought you genuinely asked. So it just, it really hurts. And the crazy part is this is a person who is not even in my age group. This person is old enough to be my grandmother. And I'm getting such negativity from and I'm just like, I'm I'm not understanding why. Like, do you not want to see more women? And then it's even more concerning because as an African-American, there's not a lot of us. And this person saying the negative comments about me is also an African-American. And I'm like, why, why as women, period, we're so quick to put each other down? And just coming to work has just been so hard and draining and stressful. And I'm like, well, am I going to be met? with these comments again? Am I going to be met with another individual who's asking about school? Like, do they really care? So now I kind of feel like I have to be on guard, and it sucks because just trying to focus on getting through undergrad. Like, I'm a non-traditional student. I graduated high school in 2010. However, I had to take some time off, had to leave school for family issues and get back in school. I'm married. I'm older. And it's it's not easy going to school full-time and then working full-time and 
having to be a full-time wife and just trying to balance all these things. And then when just when you think you have a little bit, a little bit of reprieve, a little bit of I, I, I figured this out, you get to work and it's like, no, this one, this one person, and that's what's crazy. It's this one person has nothing but negativity, negative things to say, and I'm like, I, I didn't do anything to offend you. Like I'm, I'm really not understanding. But even with that, though, like when those moments when it's just it's crazy in the ED and patients keep coming from both sides, meaning the ambulance is bringing in patients, and then you have patients walking in through the front door and our ER is but so big, and so we can't see everyone in as quickly of a timely manner as they would like. I always and never fail if I always get one patient that constantly is like that one reminder that you're like, and this is why I'm doing this. The stress, albeit it's high sometimes, and, you know, things people say, yeah, they do hurt. Like, I'm not made of stone. I am human. I have feelings. But when you get those wins, oh, that feels so good. For instance, we had a patient come in, and they weren't looking too good. Their breathing wasn't normal. And EMS had told us how due to his blood volume, they had to put in an IO, so intraosseous um, device into the leg and to give the patient fluid. But that wasn't working. They were, blood pressure was really low and just <laughs> nothing was going right. And so we really thought, oh, crap, is this going to be a code? Is this going to be a patient where we have to call time of death on? And then we worked up the patient for like a good hour, hour and a half, gave blood, gave fluid. And by the end of that, the patient was talking talking yeah the blood pressure could have been a lot higher but they were talking one of the nurses on the case was saying how she's had the patient before and she didn't even know that the patient could speak that felt really really good um just to go off on a tangent really quickly another thing that's actually kind of kind of concerning though my husband pointed this out um as someone who works in the er you're going to have those days where you do have to see a patient die. Um, not saying the cases are easy, but some are easier to deal with than others. But as someone who's worked in an um, emergency room for three years, there's been some cases that I was like, I've never dealt with. And so I'm so glad you guys are doing this and you have this podcast where we can just talk, vent, and we just get it off our chest because it, it really shocked my husband. He's like, wait, you've seen someone die in front of you? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you say it so nonchalantly. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, like, callous or heartless. That's just something that comes with the job. And he's like, wait, how many have you seen? I'm like, honestly, I just I don't count. He's like, why not? I'm like, because if I count, I have to think about it. And if I have to think about it, it's not something I want to focus on and then my day is ruined. But um, 
just stuff like that that side of medicine that we kind of don't really think about the after effects like what happens when everyone leaves the room what happens when you have a really really sick patient and what happens to the ones that we want to save but we can't like how do you treat those individuals and on those days I just have moments where I'm just like if this was all I had to deal with every day would I still want to be a physician and I love that I can honestly say yeah because we're trying to save them like our hearts are pure and wanting the best care wanting the best service for our patients but um getting back to my original reason so I called sucks that at times that you know get tainted by thoughts of other individuals who have their own feelings and their own thoughts on what your life should be or they just have something negative going on in their life and they're like you know what misery loves company so I'm gonna share it that sucks but um like I said before thanks again for this podcast and if you have any any thoughts about anything I said, please, please let me know. And um, I hope you guys continue with this. This is so therapeutic. All right. You guys have a good day. Bye. All right. Thank you so much, caller, for calling in. Gosh, I want to call you guys by your names. I feel so weird calling you caller, but I have to call you caller because that's what the show is. It's anonymous. Uh, But thank you so much for calling in and just sharing so much about what is going on with you and in your life and on your pre-med journey. That was just such an amazing diary entry. And it was uh, such a pleasure just to hear from you and, and hear what's going on. And you're so authentic in your description of of your feelings about the highs and the lows of what you're dealing with. And I think it's just such a great thing to be able to do that and to share with your peers. And I'm, I feel very privileged to be able to listen. So thank you. Thank you for your bravery and calling in. I'm so sorry to hear that you're you're in a funk. <laughs> it uh, it really stinks to be around people who are negative. There is so much tragedy in this world. There is so much angst, so much just misery. And to be a person who just likes to create more misery for other people, it's just so lousy. It's it's awful. <laughs> and I really feel for you. I think we've all been in situations in workplaces, in school, wherever it may be, where there have been individuals who just want to see us fail and who insert that negative negativity. And so I really feel for you. And it's hard because as you're working as an, a tech in the emergency department, you probably have to interact with this nurse at times, even if you don't want to. And that's really hard. It's hard when one of the people, one of the key people on your team is filling space and time with negativity and making things harder. And especially if it feels like a personal attack. I wonder if this person is just jealous and just feels, you said that, I think she is quite a bit older than you. And I wonder if she's jealous and she regrets that she didn't pursue the path that you did. And because she's jealous, she is trying to tear you down. And And it's it's amazing because I know as, as a woman, as a physician, I've seen this too, where you'd expect other people, other women to support you and lift you up. But there are definitely 
interesting relationships which can exist between physicians and med students and nurses. And I can tell you, I think many of us have encountered this. And I think, of course, we all want to view the team that we're on as a team in which we're all working together. But I can tell you for sure, I've had experiences where I have not gotten along well with other people on my team, and it's really hard. And there is definitely, it's just a well-known thing, I think. it There is sometimes bad blood or whatever you want to call it between female nurses and female physicians or female medical students. And again, I don't know if that has to do with a jealousy thing or if it's just a dynamic, which is awkward. I think sometimes nurses get frustrated by medical students who come in and think that they know what's going on and the nurses have worked there for a very long time and the med students come in and act like they're the boss and that's very frustrating for nurses. But it's definitely even the case with physicians once once uh, women are, you know, female medical students become physicians. I've seen that happen too. Uh, situations where nurses and and women physicians have strife, have have conflict between them. And I think that as a woman, we would all like to see each other succeed because we know that it's a, been a very male-dominated environment in healthcare for a very long time, and that's changed. But there's still a lot of feeling about how women are oppressed, and there's a huge gender pay gap, which still exists and is very, very clear and very problematic and very frustrating. And so we would all hope that we would be trying to support one another and lift one another up, but sometimes that just doesn't exist. And I heard what you said too, that not only are you both women, but you're also both African-American. And so you would hope that as minorities, you would be, that she would be trying to really support you and, and be thrilled for you because you're, you're leading the pack and you're, you're leading the way you're, you're making uh, a path where others have not in the past. And so I feel for you and I'm, I'm sorry that, you're having to deal with that because as you said, it can sort of feel like it's tainting the experience. I would just say, re- remember that there are going to be people always along the path of life and pre- the pre-med journey and your medical journey who don't want you to succeed and not you personally, but just in general, there, there are going to be negative people out there. And it's so frustrating, especially when you have such good intentions and you just want to help people. You just want to be there and do a good job and show up and treat patients and help people improve their lives. And you have these people off to the side who are just being negative Nancy's. I would just try to put blinders on and maybe keep that person a little bit at a distance. And if she asks questions, just say, you know, I'd rather just talk about work or try to just shift the conversation so that she doesn't have any anything in her basket to really give you a hard time about. Uh, just just keep, keep her at more of a distance in the future and maybe you'll feel like she doesn't sort of have anything to hold over you, if you will. It's hard. Um, but I think you have so much that you're dealing with that's on your plate that you don't want to have to have that in the background and and have that weighing on you on top of it. And also you're working in a very busy and stressful environment. So that I can only imagine how much stress this person is adding to the equation. So try to put her to the side, keep her at a distance. I, of course you have to work with her, but 
try to just remember that she doesn't have any power over you, right? She can't change the outcome of your pre-med journey. She may try to make it harder for you, but you're clearly a very resilient person. You mentioned that you had to take time off and be there for your family. You're working full-time. You're going to school full-time. You're you're getting ready for medical school and applying and all of that. So, and actually, I don't know if you're applying yet, but you will be. So don't let her get in the way. And you have so much more resilience than she can. I mean, you, you have way more to offer than, than she can, uh, than, she, that she, than she can. And so um, try to just do your best, work with her, but don't let her get in your way. And, and don't let her ruin your day because you're, I think it's the other thing that can happen sometimes is when we have somebody who's so negative at work, it can really interfere with the actual work we're trying to do because it makes us feel bad. And so I would say just, again, if you can keep her at arm's length and just remember that she really doesn't have any power over you, she might try to, but she doesn't. And just keep on being strong, resilient, the person that you are. And and eventually it will probably blow over because a person like that, at some point, they probably just get bored or they move on to someone else. They move on to being negative with, with whoever else they're going to be negative with. And at the end of the day, the sad part is for her, she has to live with herself. You don't, you know, she, she has to live with the negative person that she is. So, um, yeah, but I'm sorry. That's really, really tough. It really is. And you just wish that people like that could just sort of figure out that there's more to life than giving other people a hard time, (laughs) but they somehow, they somehow don't get it. So you also talked about how, a win is so worth it and reminds you of the importance of the journey you're on. And and I think that's so, so great. When you talked about the patient who came in with the abnormal breathing and needed that intraosseous line or um, IO, I thought, uh, what a great story. The fact that this person was potentially dying and then by the end of the treatment that your team offered, he was actually speaking and was talking and how good that made you feel. And that's wonderful. I would write these stories down as busy as you are, even if you write down two lines, just so that you remember this, so that you can recall it in the future and think on it. And it might even come up in an interview someday for medical school, or it might be something that gives you inspiration for your personal statement. So if you can, write down just a couple lines, these stories that that really moved you, that will stay with you. And also that you can then pull from when you are having a down day, when you are feeling crappy and you you need to be reminded of the inspiration of why you're doing this. I think great times to do that also include when you're studying for the MCAT and you're overloaded with information and you're miserable in terms of bored with the what you're studying these types of experiences either when you're working or you're shadowing that you can recall and think on can lift you up so much and keep you grounded and keep you really focused so that you don't get sick of studying <laughs> the MCAT is one of the worst tests out there. And of course, as pre-meds, we all have to do it. And then you get to med school and you have other tests to do. But the MCAT is one in particular where it's hard. It's hard to keep yourself focused because it can feel so removed from what you're going to do, what you're going to be doing as a physician down the road. So experiences like this, keep them close. And even if you have a, a little journal, you jot down a few notes in about patients who who really meant a lot to you, people who you saw, experiences that you had, so that you can draw from them and keep them in your mind when you're having a down moment or a down day. 
You also talked about seeing people die in the emergency department, and that is such a hard thing. It's really amazing to me as a physician, having gone through the pre-med process, the medical school process afterwards, residency training, fellowship, there is no time that is allocated to really talk and process and digest these incredibly momentous things that we see, that we are part of. So pronouncing someone, I remember lots of times as a resident pronouncing someone dead and that was that. And I went on and I I, I hugged the family and sometimes I might've cried with them, but I, I went on through the rest of my night and I had other patients to see. And it's, there's nobody standing outside that door saying, Hey, Allison, how, how are you feeling? You know, that doesn't happen normally. There are, there are some places that are great now about doing what's called a huddle. And I don't know if you have encountered this in the emergency department where you're working, but sometimes when there's been a really difficult family meeting, for example, or a really difficult interaction with a family or a patient. Sometimes there can be a huddle afterwards in which people just talk about the experience. But I've actually only been a part of that maybe a couple of times. And definitely at the institutions where I trained and worked, that was not a standard thing. And I think I could probably say in large part, it's not certainly that I've been to all the medical schools in the United States or elsewhere. And I certainly haven't been a fly on the wall in all of these places or seen what's going on. But in large part, I can say it's not a standard thing. There is not a a standardized way that has become mainstream that that allows med students, emergency department teams, teams in general, healthcare teams, to process these very, very, very challenging experiences. And watching someone die, what could be more what could change your your life? What could what could I mean, it's it's a very big deal to watch another person die. And I, I think, you know, when your husband was sort of shocked to hear it, what you talked about where you it become it it's basically just part of your job. That's exactly the thing. But it's such a big deal and we in some ways don't treat it that way because it is a part of the job and we have to be able to move on. If we, and I don't mean move on and forget, but move on to the next person who needs our help. If we sat down and cried and were unable to function after we lost a patient, we would not be able to do this job. We just wouldn't. Whether you're an ED tech, whether you're an EMS, whether you're a nurse, whether you're a physician, whether you're an NPPA, you name it. If if we all ha- if we all didn't have the capacity to pick ourselves up and move on to the next person who needed our help, we the, it wouldn't work. The, it, we would not be able to function. So these types of situations, watching someone die, they're they're so incredibly momentous and important, and it's it's the loss of a life, but. We also have to find a way to be able to pick ourselves up and move on to the next thing. And so I think for people who do not work in healthcare, it it's sort of like just unreal. It's sort of hard to even imagine. How could you watch someone die and then move on to the next thing at work, right? If you, in a retail place, in a bank, in 
a supermarket, an attorney's office, if somebody died, that would not happen, right? There, <laughs> things would just stop. <laughs> it, there would not be a situation where you would leave the room and there would be processes in place and you would just move on to the next thing. And I, I, I hear what you're saying. You don't, you don't mean to sound callous. You don't. It's just, it's something that you have, you have to basically take on when you become a physician that you are going to be able to digest and move on to the next thing because we we have to we absolutely just have to and that again goes to the fact that it, you know a lot of people just they can't appreciate what that could be like if they don't work in that environment and so i hear you and i would say write it down or call in and talk about it like you did i think if any of you out there have been working and have been in a room where you've actually watched someone die or you've been in the room when someone's been pronounced dead and you need a place to talk about it, please call in and just share whatever thoughts you have, whether they're scary thoughts or angry thoughts or just unreal, whatever they may be. I think it's so important to process this kind of stuff. And we just have not figured out a way in the medical world to create a space or a place or a time or any of it for people to just talk and process what they have seen and what how it makes them feel. And I think if there were just just a minute or even 2 minutes allotted for for that, even for the first time or the second time, so that you could have you could build tools for yourself so that when you are in that situation again that you have something to draw from so that you're not alone in it and you don't feel just completely isolated and scared and and shocked at, without any place to talk about it or anyone to talk about it with. So I I hear you and I I'm sorry if you have been in those situations and had no place or no one to talk to. And and of course, yes, talk to your husband and talk to your family. That's so important, but I think there's also really something very vital about being able to talk to other people who were there with you or people who are in healthcare and who can understand because they've been a part of those situations themselves, there's something so valid and important about that too. So keep talking about these things. I'm so, so glad that you're finding this therapeutic. I'm so glad that you shared about something like that because that's exactly what this this podcast is all about is just creating that space, that that place, that time so that you all can talk about very, very scary or shocking or whatever they may be, these these encounters that you have with patients. And I am so very glad and to have the privilege to listen to you all and any thoughts that I have, I'm, I'm happy to share. But uh, I think when you, when you see very tragic things happen and you don't have a place to talk about it or there's not even something offered to you, <laughs> it can just be really scary. And, and what happens, I think, is that naturally we tend to just bury these things we might have feelings and we think, oh, okay, I have to move on to the next thing. So I'm just going to bury that and I'll think about it later. And I think that can be a disservice to yourself. And it happens throughout medicine. And I, I've done it hundreds of times because you just don't have that opportunity. I then I think I was I felt very lucky to be able to talk to my husband Ryan about these things. He's he's a physician as well. But there are other people out there who don't have physicians at home. And sometimes people don't want to be married to another physician because they don't want to talk about work at home. So if that's the case, make sure that you have a place, whether you want to write in your diary 
by yourself at home, in the privacy of your own home, whether you want to call in here, whatever it is, I would so strongly encourage you all to just take time to process these very heavy, heavy, heavy situations because you want to practice that as a pre-med. It will serve you so well down the line and help to prevent stress and anguish and heartache that comes later when you don't have those tools. And I just, uh, I think it's so important and it's, it's really never too early to start, especially with so, so many of you now working in the emergency room, working as paramedics, seeing really, really tough things, even long before you ever get to medical school. So again, for our caller, I just applaud you for what you're doing. And I, I think you're just doing an awesome, awesome job and keep, keep being resilient, keep working hard don't let this silly negative Nancy, you can call her that negative Nancy, <laughs> don't let her get in your way. You have so many great things in front of you. You've obviously come through so many hurdles. You've, you've surmounted so many hurdles already and you will get through more of them down the line. And don't let this silly person who is trying to make life harder for you, don't, don't let her. You have so much more power. And, um, and I don't mean like, because I don't mean be, in terms of on the team, I, I'm not trying to say there's a, there's a power struggle there. I'm just saying as a, as a human being, as a resilient person, you have a lot more power. And so, do, you know, don't let her get in your way. That's all. All right, my dears. Well, I hope that uh, you have had a good week. And I am just checking now to see if we have any feedback. Uh, we don't have any new feedback. And that's okay. I don't think any of you recently have called in to give feedback. And that's really fine. I, I'm here to share it with you if it comes in. And if there's no feedback for the week, then we will just move on. But please feel free. I encourage all of you out there to keep calling in. I'm so grateful to you for calling in and sharing your stories with us, what's happening in your lives on the pre-med path, whether you're having really highs, whether you're having lows, whatever it may be. I want to hear it all. And all you need to do is call 1-833-MY-DIARY and you're going to hit 1 uh, press one to leave an entry for pre-med diaries. If you do want to leave feedback, you want to press number five. So you'd call eight one eight three three my diary and then hit five, and you'll just uh, you'll just need to say that you're calling in and leaving feedback. And please let us know what episode you're calling in about, or at least just give us a little bit of description of of from the episode that you're calling in about. But if you do want to leave a pre-med entry diary. Uh, pre-med diary entry, I mean, <laughs> uh, please just call in and call one eight three three my diary press one and you can leave us an entry, whether it's about something super great and successful, a success that you had, whether it's something really, really dark, something scary, something sad, whatever it may be, we want to hear it. That's what we are here for. That's what this podcast is all about, is being a space where you can unload and vent and just talk about whatever is there for you. So I hope that this is creating a meaningful experience for all of you out there. I hope that that you're getting value from this. Please feel free to let us know. We want to hear from you. All right. Have a wonderful week, and I look forward to talking with you all very soon. Mm -hmm.